Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Escafil Files, a book analysis podcast where one diehard fan and one newbie start yet another podcast about Animorphs, the children children's book series by K.A. Applegate. I'm Danielle, I use she or they pronouns, and you can find me on the internet at redtailtalk90, and my co-host is Jade. What up? You can find me on the Twitter at jadeoxidrose, and I use they, them pronouns. We will be making our way through the books, one book at a time, analyzing the themes and how they stand up to time, and sharing the experience with our friends on Discord, the link to which you can find in the show notes. Speaking of which, today we are joined by a special guest, Izzy. Hello! <laughs> I'm Izzy, I use C-Seer pronouns. Uh, you can find me on the internet at the Sean Deer. You can also, because probably by the time this comes out, uh, Hope's Hearth will be out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find that on literally anywhere at Hope's Hearth or Hope's Hearth Pod on Twitter. Yay! <laughs> Yeah. Yay. Daniel's also <laughs> on that. I am. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad you're here. Um, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, before we dive into book four. I literally, t- let me tell you, I read the doc before reading the book normally, or at least start to, and I was like, why is this funny? And then I opened the PDF of the book and I'm like, ah, it's going to be one of those days. Isn't it? Oh. <laughs> There is no escape for me. Regardless of what recording I'm doing, there is somebody that likes to crack these kinds of jokes. There is no escape for me. This is my torment. Time zones and puns. (laughs) The document's also working against you since I'm the anonymous dolphin. Yep. (laughs) Very good. Uh, anyway, Izzy, can you tell us a little bit about your relationship with Animorphs? Okay, so I read Animorphs in a very brief period of time. Um, the way that like school worked for me, I'm, I'm from Georgia, and some sometimes counties do things dumb and weird. I went from fifth grade into sixth grade, and sixth grade was middle school, and I went to a completely different mm-hmm. school. And it was mm-hmm. a fancy school. <laughs> I went to a magnet school, which, um, Jade, I don't know if you know what a magnet school is. It's a public school that you test into. <laughs> yep. Um, and I went to the arts one. And sixth grade, I was part of this class called um, Study Skills, <laughs> hmm. where we learned study skills. And I didn't pay attention for anything. <laughs> um, but the teacher... Because the library didn't have them, but the teacher had the Animorphs books. But she had the first ten, and then the rest of them were out of order. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I read, like, maybe the first ten, and then, you know, a couple others. Like, twenty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> and then after sixth grade, I stopped reading them, because they weren't at the library, and I couldn't go to that teacher's classroom and take them. Valid. Uh, how do you, uh, do you feel like they made any kind of significant impression on you? <laughs> that was, that, that was rude of me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, considering I remember, like, very little from sixth grade beyond, oh god, new school, oh god, new people, and anamorphs. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, having been called out... 
Oh, you're like that Hazy. easy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm that one. <laughs> the Andalite's hot. <laughs> I'm a furry. I don't, it's, it's a thing. Many things led to this path. Animorphs was mm-hmm. one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I live here. Yeah. Big it up to Dragonheart that we were discussing briefly uh, earlier today, which is also responsible for many people. Listen, Draco was hot. <laughs> you heard it here first, people. <laughs> I'm waggling my eyebrows at a camera that isn't there. But... That's my, my microphone shit. <laughs> the other day during a recording, I was made to laugh by Mab, not for the first time, and I literally had a mouthful of water and I had a just enough sense to turn about 45 degrees to the right and spat water all over some boxes of merch of pie. And I was like, oh no, I'm going to quickly get a towel and just dab that out. So, you know. We have fun making podcasts. Children yes. don't spit into microphones. It's bad for them. It's bad for them. It's super bad for them. Yeah. I didn't watch Dragonheart until like two, three years ago. And I was like, ah, hmm. <laughs> this, is, this is a lot more than I was ever led to believe it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Holds up surprisingly good, in my yeah. opinion. Oh, yeah. Like the CG and everything. I oh, yeah. have a lot of affection for that movie. David Thewlis is fucking unrecognizable and is phenomenally good. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Dennis Quaid has possibly never been more likable. Yep. So. Yep. <laughs> also, there's a hot redhead lady that likes to stab people, or at least yes. try to. And that's a good thing for any. I was going to say, that's just fantasy movies from a certain period of time. And now I'm thinking about Willow, which was like one of my most formative fantasy movies ever, which is fantastic. If you've never seen it, look it up. But also just like angry redhead ready to call shit. And I'm just like, hmm, it's a stereotype for a reason. And we thank you for it. But we're not here to talk about feisty redheads and fantasy movies from the 90s. We're here to talk about sci-fi children's book series from the 90s. Yeah. There are no redheads in Animorphs. Sounds tragic. Fake. There should be some redheads. Yeah. I got to quickly divert because uh, I think it got retweeted from the Escafafars. They released some preview pictures from the graphic novel that's coming out of the invasion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at it going, Tobias is like super cute. Like, what, what is ha- what is happening? I knew he was cute, <laughs> but like, I didn't need to be aggressively showed this. I was like, oh dear. Huh. Yep. Looks yep. good. The images look good. I was pleased. To... These, yeah. these, these babies in graphic novel form now mm-hmm. suffer yeah. multiple times over. Mm-hmm. It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll like definitely. Full metal alchemist. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> you see, Maze Hughes die like multiple times because there's the manga, there's the original anime there's brotherhood there's the live action and i can keep going honestly izzy give a spoiler warning like come on (laughs) people might not know oh no anime that came out fuck how long ago i'd like to find out i watched fma brotherhood for the first time last year and it was the uh so i Mm. I, but to be fair i got i very quickly realized oh that guy's gonna die isn't he (laughs) 
He's got some big red flags. He talks way too much about his wife and kid and how happy he is Mm. to last. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Once the punches start coming, they don't stop coming in Fullmetal Alchemist. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't stop coming, and they don't stop coming, and they don't stop coming. Speaking of punches that don't stop coming. <laughs> yeah. So, Book cold four. open. <laughs> cold open to Cassie uh, in the barn in the middle of the night. This is a Cassie narrated book. Um, and she's her. getting ready to, me too. She's getting ready to morph Squirrel for the first time alone uh, because. She's been having trouble sleeping, and she decided that she would take care of an issue that she's been having uh, with the barn where some predator has been sneaking into the barn and killing, uh, quote-unquote, patients, uh, meaning some of the animals that are being rehabilitated there. Um, so we get a nice description of uh, the barn uh, interspersed with, you know, some backstory about the Yerks. Um, we can't know their names. We can't know it's their dangerous. names. Yep. <laughs> uh, Cassie is, of course, can't know where they live. Can't know any yep. of it. The kind of person who uh, names the patients that come in to the Wild Life Rehab Center, even though you definitely shouldn't do that because a lot of them die. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so she morphs Squirrel. Um, and the description uh, of the squirrel morph is <laughs> fantastic. I feel like everybody that has written a squirrel in later <laughs> fiction, be it movie form or whatever, read this book and was just like, yes, <laughs> this is fucking inspired. Yes, mm-hmm. this, this is all squirrels from they- now on. Mm-hmm. It's very good. They have to be ADHD mascots. They have to be. Mm-hmm. It's just how it Have works. To be. Unless if you're writing um. Redwall. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we do Those get a really terrifying. nice. <laughs> they are terrifying. Uh, we get a nice bit uh, before she starts to morph of her uh, kind of communing, for lack of a better word, with the squirrel that she's going to morph into. Um, and imagining what the morph will be like. Uh, she says, I always try to get into the feeling of what it might be like to be the animal before I even start morphing. Um, and as we have seen before, and as we will see, continue to see again and again, uh, Cassie is the best morpher of the group. Um, in that she can, uh, control kind of what the morphing process is like. She has, uh, in general, a little more control over the animal instincts. Um, she uh, morphs faster than everybody else. Um, and it's it's good shit. Um, I love that she is still holding on to the squirrel as she starts to yeah. morph <laughs> as well. Like she's just there, just like, this is a g- great, I love this little dude. And now I'm going to start morphing. And I'm just like, is she yep. still holding the squirrel? And like, like he's describing the squirrel jumps out of. <laughs> Uh, her hands as they sort of yeah. into her yeah. torso and her arms get short. It's just like, oh, well, fair. Yeah. It's really Cassie, funny that she squirrel described yeah. the squirrel like, walking crossing back, the yeah, shutting the cage door again. It's just yep. like, good self-preservation instinct, squirrel. <laughs> I'm sorry the animorphs could not learn better from you. 
Uh, but we have, as we've seen before with different animals, this wonderful sort of stream of consciousness mm-hmm. of what it's like to enter that space. And it's uh, the, like Izzy was saying about ADHD mascot, it's just like the sheer influx of very rapid fire short sentences taking on all this different information and swapping focus very rapidly. And it's very funny and good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Tobias shows up <laughs> uh, in his hawk body. Uh, because he is stuck as a hawk um, and starts to hunt her because he doesn't realize that it's her and she's a squirrel and he's hungry. And she's not got quite enough control over the squirrel instincts to just be like, hey, it's me. So we have her sort of running around trying to keep out of sight. Some really great descriptions of what it feels like to just like to jump and to move and the athleticism inherent of squirrels and climbing up the wall. And and we find out that... Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder how long K.A. Applegate sat just kind of staring at squirrels climbing trees. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But we have Cassie effectively playing keep away with herself and we find out the reason specific. Uh, we then find out in text uh, why uh, she was uh, doing the morphing as a fox sort of gets through a loose board on the side of the barn. Um, and at this point, and the fox spots Cassie a squirrel, and that's when Cassie's able to go, hey, Tobias, can you uh, help me? And he's just like, Cassie, (laughs) 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 why are you a squirrel? (laughs) Hey, Cassie, what the fuck? (laughs) Hey, Cassie, Cassie, I was going to eat you. (laughs) My dude. He's just like, well, why didn't you tell me? He said, sounding grumpy. He's just, I was considering eating you. <laughs> just like, so tired. <laughs> I love this God. grumpy bird. <laughs> and Cassie's just like, look, okay. I hadn't got control of these things. Can you just sort of help, please? Or please save me. And the fox, like, we get this. As always, the descriptions of like action are always so gripping. Mm-hmm. You know, we get the feeling of the teeth of this fox combing the fur of her tail. Um, I just like Tobias. It's fucking Charlie Brown over here. Good grief! <laughs> As he <laughs> opens his wings and uh, dive bombs the fox. Mm-hmm. The fox decides this is more trouble than it's worth. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> And then uh, Tobias and Cassie have a nice conversation uh, about why the fuck she's out here in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and Tobias continues to be grumpy um, because he's sleep deprived and hungry, uh, mm. which would Car- make anyone grumpy. Yeah, it um, carries on from what we heard from Tobias in book three, just like he's mm-hmm. still clearly adjusting. Mm-hmm. Uh, to that process and we got this great bit of reflection from Cassie about how Tobias has almost completely accepted he's permanently stuck in the body of red-tailed hawk recently he had begun to hunt and eat like a hawk he was still a little sensitive about it but I thought if I just made a joke out of it he would realize I wasn't grossed out or anything because she makes a crack about a squirrel sandwich mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh it's it's we saw a similar thing with Marco in the last book and we'll see as this one goes on mm-hmm. but the hearing like Cassie's reasoning behind cracking a joke about it yeah is just like this i find this interesting going on being in the headspace because i don't often resonate super strong with the emotion with the hearts of groups of characters that Mm -hmm. for whatever reason they're never the characters that i'm the most drawn to despite being like a 
hyper empathetic person a lot of the time. I just like mm, maybe I'm too pragmatic. I don't know, or maybe it's the autism. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? But it's very cool to see not only her percep her perception of the rest of the group, but the way she interacts with them, the way that she does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's definitely the moral center and the heart of the group. Um, she has a lot of emotional intelligence in this way. Um, she understands her friends and the kind of motivations that they act on oftentimes better than they do themselves um and that they don't realize a lot of the time um and it that's part of what makes cassie's book so fascinating is that you get this really insightful look into the other characters um, that you don't even necessarily get in their own books. Um, it's very, I love, very good. It is very good. I love, I love Cassie. Uh, she's also, <laughs> I love Cassie, and I also love that she's also kind of a, an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. As this book went on, I was like, hmm, ah. Good from what Izzy and I were chatting about earlier. Ah, this is a high wisdom, low yeah. in person. <laughs> yes, yes. Lots, lots um, of, lots of good like street smarts, but mm, mm, yeah. having to think about things sometimes, like oh no, honey. Yeah. I find it interesting uh, some of the in uh, interactions that come up later as this book goes on, which really uh, makes Cassie immediately more interesting to me, and we'll talk about it as it comes up. But the things mm -hmm. she's comfortable doing versus the things that make her very uncomfortable, mm -hmm. I found very interesting, pretty relatable also, but mm -hmm. just underscores how much these kids are the roles that they are uh -huh. in the group, which makes it, one, you should download Idiot Teenagers of the Death Wish at redtail.90.itch.io. <laughs> it is free. But the subtle underscoring of why these kids are the roles that they are within their group mm -hmm. and how discomforted all of them are when mm -hmm. having to step outside of it. Mm -hmm. This is part of why yep. I'm very excited to read the first book from Marco's perspective, okay? Yeah. I, yep. I love my smart mouth short king son, okay? <laughs> I love him. Yeah. He's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's something that I just like I thought of while we were talking about this uh, is like uh, the way that like Cassie is so good at like twigging on like how her friends are feeling and how mm. well she can morph because of how well she understands the animals that she's also morphing. So it's an interesting mm -hmm. like tie together that she is the most like empathetic towards like everything and that's what seems like mm -hmm. it affects her morphing ability mm -hmm. yeah there's an explanation given for her morphing ability later and i ignore it because <laughs> i love this explanation much more because mm -hmm. the one yeah. that comes later is like super sci-fi bullshit like mm, hand wavy and it like it's mm, i feel like it takes away from this mm. characterization of like Cassie is the best morpher because she, um, because the way she, she thinks about it, because the of the way she thinks, she thinks about, about people. It. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, 
I will say we touched on a little bit of this when we discussed the invasion as well, but the fact that it's the black character that is getting to be the emotional core of the group Mm -hmm. and have this emotional intelligence is so refreshing compared to so much other media around the time about the stereotypical roles that Mm -hmm. uh, black characters tend to vote and also black women as well. Like Mm -hmm. Cassie gets to be soft and be scared as well. There isn't that needing to be a strong young black woman either. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where the colorblind casting created something very good and still probably unique at least in the realm of books written by uh white authors mm-hmm. so yeah uh we get cassie describing herself as she morphs back into human um and i love i love the way that she describes herself as just like uh normal for me is about average height although she's actually pretty short um whatever average is i'm kind of solidly built not skinny and not fat with hair i keep short because i don't like messing with it As my friends will tell you, I'm not exactly Miss Fashion. Mostly, if you want to know what I look like, picture a girl in overalls and leather work gloves biting her lip as she concentrates on trying to force a pill down the throat of a badger. (laughs) Uh, And then I love the paragraph that comes after that. Jake once took a picture of me doing exactly that. He has it next to his computer in his room. Don't ask me why. I would be glad to give him a picture of me in a dress or something. Rachel could loan me the dress. But Jake says he likes the picture he has. Yeah, he does. My heart. (laughs) <laughs> so good and cute That's... <sighs> I, uh, I appreciate it underscores that jake likes cassie cute. for cassie it's mm-hmm. not just yeah girl nice yeah <laughs> he likes her <laughs> yeah yeah like it's it's and very well written with even just this is. like little bit Um, so we have this narration from her, and then Cassie's dad comes in uh, while she's still morphing back, and she's having to sort of hide the tail that has yet to go. And like Cassie's dad is just big mood coming in, just like middle of the night, just like mm. it, it says about how he's the sort of person that needs like two, three cups of coffee in the morning to function. <laughs> I, I made a comment about that because, like, I too need much coffee to function. <laughs> <laughs> But she's able to keep it out of sight, and then at the last second, then you just like his her dad's just like turn around, and she's like mm, okay, and it's gone, and it's just like I swear for a second you had a tail, and she's just like okay, dad, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's like sure, yeah. And he's like, you need to go back to bed. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I'll be there in in just a minute. Mm-hmm. And uh, after her dad leaves, we have a uh, some more talking between uh, Cassie and Tobias. Mm-hmm. Uh, And she says she really should have stayed in bed, dreams or no dreams. And Tobias, uh, still snippish because he can't sleep, uh, asks what kind of dreams because he also has been having dreams. Um, And it's just, mm, it's good. The way that it's it's written where it's like the sea he echoed and a voice caught to you from beneath the water was like, such a good story hook for the beginning of the book. Like, they just, mm-hmm. they really wanted you to, like, hey, something's going on, and we're gonna make the yeah. one who stuck as a bird sound the most cryptic about it. <laughs> just like, hey, <laughs> how yeah. can you do this to That's me? This just is my shit. Uh, 
if I was trapped as an animal, I would definitely endeavor to be as cryptic as fucking possible oh, because yeah. how else am I going to fuck with people? <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, next day, uh, or sometime team later, <laughs> they have a team meeting. Um, and nobody believes Cassie and Tobias, uh, except for Jake about their dreams. Um, even though they're having the exact same dream and therefore it's weird. Um, we do get this, uh, sad quote for about Rachel's room, uh, because Cassie is mm. again observant as fuck about her friends. Um, and all of Rachel's, uh, like Rachel pins quotes and like wise sayings on, uh, onto her like corkboard or whatever. Um, and all of her sayings used to be like about being a good person. And now it's just like, don't think there are no crocodiles because the water is calm. And if you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the results of a hundred battles. Rachel. <sighs> My heart. Child. My heart. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Let, let's uh, let's talk about those group archetypes again mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, 13 year olds oh god the kids um yeah but so jake is like yeah no i believe yeah one because he's jake but two she's like who caught some very interesting story on the tv yep. who uh found a piece of what looks very much like an andalite ship and so like they all head downstairs because rachel's mum and sisters are out and uh, as they're flying down, there's this great exchange that just made me smile. Um, where they, they're heading down the stairs and it's described as Tobias is sort of flying overhead as they head down. And Mark is just like, hey, Tobias, I've been meaning to ask you, are hawks like seagulls? I mean, do they poop while they're flying? And Tobias is just like, depends on who's down below. <laughs> Let me put it this way. If you get on my nerves, you'd better buy a hat. <laughs> and it's just... Uh, it's that dynamic established in book three that we saw more of. And I love the way that, that these two are sort of finding that that the way they're normalizing mm-hmm. this this dynamic just like he is giving he can't give Tobias shit for being like a teenager he's just doing like what bird related shit can I josh with about <laughs> and Tobias yeah. just like yeah I will just shit on you please don't be annoying <laughs> continue continue being obnoxious and see what happens and keep asking <laughs> keep asking but there's a yeah. that that there's it's the patter it's the banter and it is that way Marco can treat Tobias normally and it gives Tobias a way to make light of his situation as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. I have feelings about Marco. I always have feelings about. It. I have feelings about everybody, but yeah, yeah. I, I I mentioned it later, just like my uh, deep abiding love for characters that use humor it's to good. deal with things. It's good. Also a mood. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the mm-hmm. go ahead. So we uh, they watch this video. It's only this short little segment. An older dude out on the beach with no shirt, and Marco's just like, "Why hasn't he got a shirt on?" <laughs> just like, "It's okay, Marco. You can check out the dad bod. You didn't need to make a comment. It's fine." <laughs> um. But so they're they're talking a little bit like, and everyone's like, eh, "What does this really mean?" And then uh, Cassie and Tobias pass out. Yeah, just straight up, just uh, which is bloop. great, and it's I. I love <laughs> yep. the description though, because Cassie talks about this feeling of falling, and rather than hitting the floor, 
just keep falling into water and sinking below it. Mm-hmm. And it's really beautifully written, just like this sensation of this voice from below the water calling out. It's yeah. visceral in the more positive version of the word. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Also, Jake catches her. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I really, I, oh, and she comes too, and they're just like, oh, should we call 911? And Mark is just like, um, boo, in, in, in his way. And then Cassie's like, fine. just like, yeah, Tobias passed out also, and just points over to Tobias, who's just on the floor. Because yep. he's a bird that passed out, and it's just like, and he's just grumpily waking up and is in like hawk mode. When yep. he wakes up and Cassie's the one, she's like, hey, but no, but it's here. You're okay. Same thing happened to me. And it's just very reassuring. I do appreciate that Rachel is like, oh, no, about Tobias. We're just like, yeah, yeah. we know. We get it. <laughs> I love how she's ready to call 911 for Tobias. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> when in reality, she should be calling, like, Cassie's dad. <laughs> Cassie's dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, wait, Cassie, we need your dad. <laughs> but so we have this this moment and they're still debating about what to do but they're clearly like okay so it is real not a dream um and jake is the one who asks if it was a human voice and both of them like cassie's just like no i couldn't tell you why i'm sure that it's not a human voice but i know it's not a human voice and uh they come to the conclusion that it's an andalite I'm, that they're hearing my comment in the document is just the colon d face <laughs> a lot <laughs> 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 There's a um, reason I wanted to be a guest on this one. <laughs> it's good. Um, and we have <laughs> Tobias, like, um, it's not human. And how, because he's understanding the meaning of what's being said, but it's not human. It's how it's not really words, but more that they're getting understanding. And it reminds mm-hmm. them of how Elfangor spoke to them. Mm-hmm. And um, we have this moment. <sighs> and they're, they're talking about this, about what to do and if it's an Adelite in trouble. And we've got Marco just grinned. I really hate to do this. I really hate to disappoint you all. Then he grew serious. But I was there at the construction site, same as all of you. I was there when Vissa 3, suddenly his voice was choked. What I mean is if there's an Andalite who needs anything, I'm there. Mm-hmm. Trauma. I'm just like... My son! <laughs> Your son who's just traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> all these traumatized babies uh, yep God, i really like the way that he used the joke to like just segue into that very serious moment it's oh it's very good mm-hmm. <gasps> he does the same thing later as well just like joke 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 serious and i can't let be serious for too long because it's scary and upsetting you and it's scary and upsetting me <laughs> joke and it's just like <laughs> my child <Yep>. no <laughs> <laughs> he's coping i it's his coping mechanism. That, that, that's a word for it. It's his coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, for the sake of the uh, uh, Escaville drinking game, I did in capitals write "my boy." Yep. Less than three <laughs> in response to that. So, everyone, take a shot. Take a shot. <laughs> um, so they decide to uh, head out to the beach to see mm-hmm. if uh, it will get jog anything in Cassie or Tobias's brain, like being mm-hmm. down near the water. It's a beach. It's the ocean. I made a comment about this later. We will figure out where in the US. I, the I Googled are. a thing. Like I like frantically was Googling something about this that we'll talk about later. And I was like, God, fuck, where the where are they? Why it's the really funny because like as as a kid, I was able to figure it out really fast because ocean and then based on peregrine falcon ranges and mountains, I was like, oh. Okay, you they must be note. here. <laughs> <laughs> you're the, you're the, Danielle, 
You are the best. <laughs> I fucking treasure you. This is <laughs> this is fucking dope. Yeah, this voice I figured nerd. it out years ago. Listen, Izzy went to a art magnet for middle school. I went to a zoo magnet for middle school. Like animals were my th- capital T thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I couldn't get into the science yeah. magnet because I wasn't smart enough at math. <laughs> <laughs> really good at science. No good at math. You put me in chemistry and I die. Mm-hmm. That's valid. Also, really quick, my version of the drinking game is anytime I mention trauma. Mm-hmm. It's in the dock a lot. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know if we can make that a full standing. We can't. We are, all right. Uh, the Escaville Files is not responsible for any alcohol poisoning induced as a result of drinking along with this podcast. Please drink water when you do this. Actually, be hydrated. Yes. Yeah. Alternate for every time you drink a regular drink, take a sip of water on the next one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> drink safe, God. please. Drink responsibly. Drink safe. <laughs> drink safe if you drink. <laughs> if you drink. Um, but yes, so the kids head down to the beach, um, and yep. we have this moment of again this super insight from Cassie about Marco's mm-hmm. cooperative mood hadn't lasted long. I knew it wouldn't. Marco is never happy unless he's complaining about something, just like Rachel is never happy unless she has something to fight against. And Tobias is never happy, period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he thinks if he's ever happy, someone will just come along and take his happiness away. Mm-hmm. You know, like last book, where he let himself be happy and relaxed and then ate something and then uh, tried to kill himself. <laughs> Let's talk about the pro- children who are the pro- who live with abuse. Who then are real- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we all got sad. Yeah, and I then like we my- all got sad. Yeah, my comment in the doc is: I was going to make a quip about how Cassie understanding the motivations of her friends really well, but then I just got sad. Mm-hmm. <sighs> my son, he's he's a good son. I I want him to be happy. Me too. <laughs> but no. We want him to be happy. We want him to thrive. Alas, war is hell. That is that is not yep. how yep. this yep. goes. Uh, but we have some really lovely interaction between the kids. We do. Just we do. The the joking that we're here for. Um and like that comment about Marco's cooperative mood had not lasting long. It's just like it's just after talking about why do you want to drive? And Marco's just like the babes. <laughs> And that is the tone I imagine him saying it, not even serious. It's like, dude, duh, you can't pick up girls when you're a bird. It's like, no offense, Tobias. Wings are great, but I'm thinking something bright red with about 400 horsepower. <laughs> it's just like, you fucking nerd. Um, but we have more sort of joking and they're trying to figure out, oh, can the kids feel a thing? And Rachel, <laughs> wandering around, ignoring Marco, as so often is the Rachel way, um, posits about. Uh, why it's Cassie and Tobias uh, getting this vision, uh, getting this this dream, and there's just this, this real back and forth between uh, Jake and Cassie, and it's um, Marco is interrupts, and he's just like, well, it makes cause it makes sense because Tobias is permanently a morph, and Cassie, you're the one who's best at morphing, mm-hmm. and he was got all that joking, and then he snaps to this serious mode has this revelation and then it's just like besides you know you like animals more than humans so it's like you're halfway into morph anyway and it's just like that <laughs> joke 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 deeply intelligent observation joke yep. it's, like, it's always the class clowns who are really funny but also mm-hmm. really smart 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that ability to to crack jokes and crack wires and be observers of behavior in that sort of very almost cynical way. And also, like, Marco has his own trauma that he's dealing with outside of the whole, we watched an alien be eaten <laughs> alive and now we are fighting the world. He's got his own grief and he's being mm-hmm. a carer at the age of 13. Mm-hmm. And the way he surrounds himself with humor because, like, okay, if I make light of things, then things can't hurt me. Yeah. And it's just like, child, come to me. Let me feed Aww. you. Just wait until next book. Me, a former class clown. Ah, this hurts me specifically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I. it's one of those things. I'm not going to talk about a certain writer, but I, I have a big love of hyenas. Uh, have done for a very long time and i always thought if i were to have a patronus donate to gendered intelligence or mermaids or a trans charity of your choice uh which is going to be anytime i evoke yeah you're legally but i always like the notion of because obviously hyenas don't laugh in the way humans Mm -hmm. laugh however Mm -hmm. i really like the notion of you having a hyena as like uh at that uh sort of uh, not even as a fasona to be fair um, or a, a demon in the dark material mm. sense of people that mm-hmm. laugh in the face of darkness. Yeah. Uh, Peter Parker has always been the same way in many of the incarnations will crack quips when he's scared. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of the writing quality and the ups and downs and author's person, uh, Harry Dresden mm-hmm. of the Dresden Files is the same way. He even in one book describes himself as, I subscribe to the Tower of Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is, don't let them know how scared you are. Yeah. Yep. Or in Marco's case, don't let them know how sad you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. He because has if a you're very... making... <laughs> yes, please. He has a very uh, pithy way of summing up his worldview uh, that I'm excited for you to read. <sighs> I was nervous <laughs> when Danielle says they're excited for me to read something. Because I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's going to hurt me. <laughs> I can tell. They're going to sit there, fingers steepled, until the G-Doc arrives and my note's there and it's just like swearing in the comments from me. And they will be like, yes, I have wrought this. (laughs) The plan has succeeded. Uh, But yes, so we have this um, observation from Marco who's back to jokes straight away. Um, And just after that, they have a moment to go, huh. He might be right. And then, bad news, uh, there is lights up ahead on the beach because the sharing are here, mm-hmm. and along with Principal Chapman, uh, scouring mm. the beach. Yep. Uh, they hide in the sand dunes uh, to so that they don't get spotted, um, but the Yurks find their footprints in the sand uh, and start following them to the dunes. Um, Tobias says that Chapman and Tom are both with the group of sharing individuals who are looking for the fragment of Andalite ship, um, which confirms what they had suspected, that it was a fragment of Andalite ship that uh, Jake had uh, caught on, had caught that dude on television discovering. Um, Mm -hmm. We also hear the uh, Yerks or the controllers talking about how they're there because Vista 3 has been having these visions too. Mm-hmm. And this confirms because obviously Vista 3 is an Andalite body. Yep. That it's an Andalite trying to reach 
other andalites yeah so i also <laughs> really on... love how we have again i love any bitching by yerks about visa three <laughs> yeah they're just like oh. you want to fucking tell visa three no no i'm not telling visa three shit you can tell them <laughs> <laughs> yeah i and like then... my head attached to my body okay <laughs> yeah. thanks we get we get the detail he was on the mothership at the time and decided to shove a hork out of an airlock, airlock because he broke the visor's concentration <laughs> <laughs> God, he is a dramatic bitch, and I hate him. Oh. And it's the best. Yeah. Oh. Fucking, fucking cat loving Shakespeare <laughs> loving chewy chewing bitch. He's great. Yeah. I hate him. Yeah, the worst. <laughs> uh, the controllers start making their way towards them because they've again found their footprints. Um, and uh, Chapman's yelling, "Get them!" They're saying, and the Animorphs are like, well, uh, let's try to get, uh, run away through the dunes, then double around, um, and get into the water and morph. Um, and then the sharing members start shooting guns at them. They're 13! Gun trauma! <laughs> yep. Oh! And it's like, I, it's one of the things we get a bit later and we do have Chapman comment, I didn't want like some idiot shooting. Yeah. And they realize, oh, it's kids. Because obviously the size mm -hmm. of the footprints, they find some clothes. Mm -hmm. um, but it is like that visceral notion as the kids realize what's happening. Yep. Um, uh, and I, I, love, I love Cassie's uh, uh, observation. I mean, I've been in one-on-one -on -one combat to the death with seven-foot-tall hork warriors, and I've been shot at by dragon beams that sort of disintegrate you slowly, but I've never been shot at with a plain old everyday gun. <laughs> that, that lovely, just very, very pointed, hey, the real world still exists, and the real world is also scary. It has regular yep. guns. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but they're able to lose the controllers in the sand dunes and they run into the water and begin to morph trout um although trout are freshwater fish and this is saltwater um but they don't really have a choice they go into the surf they morph into the fish um and they manage to get away from the controllers um the the controllers basically are like oh well they can't have swum far um, because they don't suspect humans. Um, I and... love that this is Tom, or the mm -hmm. controller within Tom. It's just like, if they're humans, why don't we see them out in the water? Four sets of human tracks, no humans in the water. Is it possible? Is Vissa 3 wrong? What if they're mm -hmm. not Andalites at all? And Cassie sort of sinks below the water. And then we've got uh, Chapman cruelly left like, Vissa 3 wrong, maybe, but I'm not the fool who's going to try and tell him. Mm-hmm. And uh, Danielle, you made this note in our doc about really handy having arrogant villains who mm -hmm. refuse to hear reason and just kill people mm -hmm. with dissenting information. That's real useful. Yep. Yep. It's it's honestly Visser 3 just being arrogant and thinking that he is the only Yurk who understands Andalites and the Andalites would never share their technology in any circumstances. And... uh. Like, therefore, they can't possibly be humans. And if you're questioning, if you're questioning that decision, then you're questioning me and my leadership, and that won't fly. Mm. And that particular arrogance is hands down the Animorphs' 
biggest uh, strength. Like, you know, I talk a lot about the the healing power of morphing and how that's the the really important part of the power that they have, because it is. But also just this here is the Animorph's biggest strength and biggest kind of ally in this war effort. Mm-hmm. Um, though interesting you say that about Visa 3 being like, nobody knows more about Andalites than this motherfucker right here. Yeah. Thumbs up at himself. Um, <laughs> but given everything I have learned so far, mostly um, Danielle, Izzy, Jen, and a couple of others <laughs> in the chat talking about how awful Andalites are. Um, I mean, it seems like Vista 3 is not totally off base about thinking yeah. that Andalites would never fucking share their technology. Yeah. The thing is, he's absolutely right about Andalites. He's not right about Elfangor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's one of those things which, like, Andalites suck, but they're individuals yeah. who don't. Mm-hmm. Or they suck less. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. It's also almost like we're trying to learn something about making blanket judgments about a race <laughs> of creatures. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Go figure. I am very much looking forward to meeting, like, um, Yerk peace movement stuff and people that aren't pro empire and stuff like that. I'm excited mm-hmm. for this. Yeah. So it's good. Uh, but um, sorry, I have Loki in my lap. Babe, what are you doing? Cat <laughs> There are so many wires. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you obsessed with the wires? He's putting his paw on my cheek. I love it. <laughs> He's just he says you would not understand the 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 machinations of my mind and why I want the wires. I am please, a, I am human. a technician. <laughs> please um, please I, human, I, I, let I me wish. do my work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I'm just imagining like Kel and Catmore <laughs> just doing something similar. It's just like Kel, are you actually doing something relevant with those wires? Don't question me. <laughs> Like gently touches Do Dante's I... cheek with a paw, like don't question me. <laughs> Do I tell you how to hack? No. <laughs> Choose wire. <laughs> Hashtag is <easy status. laughs> <Wrong podcast. laughs> But also, <laughs> anyway, this would be about as hard as I was listening to this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Several days later, Jake stops by the barn to talk to Cassie, acting casual. Mm-hmm. Yep, super Body. casual. Super casual. <laughs> just, just like, just hey, so Cassie, I just want to talk out. Oh, you shovel. And she's just like, you want to help shovel manure if we're going to do this? And he's just like, okay, and helps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love these kids. They're very good. Hi, Jake. Did you come by to help me shovel manure? He grinned. He has a great smile. It appears kind of slowly, like it doesn't belong in his serious face. I don't know. Did I? <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> if I have to smell, so do you. <laughs> I, and I appreciate we have this reflection from Cassie, just like, yeah, she's this. She's like likes animals. She dresses in animals. It's just like, oh, why does he have to show up when I smell bad? Like, <laughs> Why does he have to show up when I look like this? Why can't he ever just show up when I look nice? And it's like, hey, Cassie, you work with animals. <laughs> looking nice uh like i'm not gonna say like you don't ever look nice but it's you're probably always at least comfy 
<laughs> but I do I appreciate that there's that sort of moment that's very sort of just like teen around their crush, just like, oh, come mm-hmm. on. <laughs> yeah. Jake just being not the like I appreciate that he's not like boy boy in this, the mm-hmm. way that like some 13-year-old mm. boys are, and he's just very like this is my crush and I have to talk to her about a thing. And oh no. <laughs> just that I can <laughs> yes. feel his internal monologue because it's like, ah, I understand. <laughs> um so the two of them uh shoveling manure and Jake's like, uh, so uh everyone's waiting to see what you decide to do, and she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like Cassie's hashtag like Cassie so far. Okay, excuse. Um, <laughs> excuse. And but she's like, what do you mean? And he's just like, We're waiting to see what you decide to do about this dream of yours. And she's just like, I don't know. Besides, it's not my dream, just my dream. Tobias has it too, and all of you uh have guys felt it. And it's this is like the first cat. I need that mouse to move. This was a really well, interesting cute. way for Jake to shift decision making. Because mm-hmm. it He's a manipulative bastard and I kinda love it, but also it's awful. It is. Yep. It's like, oh, oh honey. You know oh, uh, yeah. was it this is, Invasion this is... or Book Two where we talked about Jake's no, it was book two. It was book two. It was Rachel's commenting mm-hmm. on it about how Jake's really good at getting people to do things. Yep. Can't wait for the next Jake narrated book where we get to see more of that from his perspective. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah, where he actually has kind of accepted the leadership and isn't mm-hmm. bogged down with so much exposition. Yeah. But we have this one and she just doesn't want to, to make the choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jake just lays it out and he's just like, he looks straight into my eyes. Cass, if you tell me it's real, it's real. I think you and Tobias are right, but Marco's having second thoughts. He raised one eyebrow as if to say, you know Marco. Mm. I felt a queasy sick feeling. You mean I'm sub- supposed to make some kind of decision, like I'm supposed to say what we do. Mm-hmm. And this is the first, and this comes up a few times in the book, Cassie hates making the ch- choices. Yeah. And Cassie's like trying to put this off and Jake's pointing out why Tobias doesn't really isn't the one making the final choice because he's not going to be able to directly help. Because mm-hmm. it's the ocean and he's a bird. He's a bird. He's a bird. Um, and she's like, doesn't want to make the choice. And Jake's just like, we all trust you. And you know everyone respects you. And she's just like, hmm. <laughs> and like, if you think we should pursue this, you know Rachel will be right behind you. Me too. She's just like, and Marco? Marco won't be right behind you. He'll be several feet back. Which <laughs> 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 just <laughs> glorious. Yep. And we have this moment where we have this talk and we get this moment of lightness. And this is where I felt something in my heart cave in. Because oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> um, I don't know. Jake's like, I don't know, Cassie. I guess you'll just have to take your best shot and hope you're right. I cringed at that. I'm not Rachel. I'm not a risk taker. Can't you decide for me? I asked, joking. He nodded solemnly. If you want me to, sure. <laughs> and it goes on. She's like, and then if it's a disaster, it'll be on your all on your head, I said. You'll be the one who feels bad. You'll be the one to blame. 
And just like, I reached out and touched his cheek. That's incredibly sweet of you, but you're right. I guess it's my decision this time. But let's take a moment to talk about this. <laughs> Before I uh-huh. fling something out of a window. Uh-huh. And like, we have this great moment of like Cassie grounding herself, of being this is the place where if she was going to make a choice, it would be here. But yes, I want to talk about this. <laughs> right. Let's talk about how emotional with this. How emotional this is for all of us. <laughs> oh, he readily does this. She's joking. And he's just like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's like, baby, you're, you're, no. You're, and I appreciate that Cassie has the emotional insight to immediately go, yeah, but then it's your fault if it goes bad. You yeah. have to deal with the guilt. I mean, the other direction mm-hmm. of this is like, he is being serious, but he's also aware that, like, Cassie won't mm-hmm. let him do it. Yep. No. Yep. I was like, uh-huh. Yep. Oh, yep. my heart. It's just, it's an emotional maturity and an awareness, and it is, as well as being deeply self-sacrificing, because I feel like he would also make that offer of the others, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the others. Yeah. But, like you said, he knows Cassie won't let him. Yeah. Thing is, also Rachel probably wouldn't let him either. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's interesting. But like, so yes, I made a note about this. Uh, this is uh, what we call a uh, dumb kids playing hero divergence. <laughs> Listen to dumb kids playing hero. You should absolutely. I have a lot of feelings about Benny Lafontaine, <laughs> and when I meet Richard in person, I am going to throw things at his head <laughs> on principle for making me feel so many things. <laughs> but yeah. For all that we don't have a leader in that group, um, I feel like Adrian and Benny dip into it the most from a this kind of perspective. Yeah. Dante makes a lot of calls because of the nature of Brian as a player, yes. which is very mm-hmm. cool. But Benny is, Adrian is the moral core and yeah. Benny will make hard choices. Mm-hmm. That suck. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, what just popped into my head with that is a um, line from a Mechanism song, um, the mm-hmm. the King Arthur story, uh, mm-hmm. and it's where um, fuck, uh, Gawain and no, hold on, Galahad, no, no, Gawain, um, and um, Mordred, I Morden, yeah. Where, where it's if uh, Gawain was too quick to hang, uh, Mordrum was too quick to pardon. Mm-hmm. But they balanced each other out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Which is- that feels very precognizant of dumb kids in a way that's deeply upsetting. <laughs> <I'm very Yeah. laughs> sorry. I think about no, y'all's no, game it- a lot. <laughs> but enough about dumb kids. Either way, like, but that willingness and that <laughs> the emotional intelligence... Mm-hmm. and compassion to both make that offer and know it won't be taken is a horrifying thing to see in a 13-year-old. Yep, absolutely. That's something that, like, I know I can do as a 26, almost 27-year-old. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hearing that from a 13-year-old, it's like, oh, honey, no. Yep. You shouldn't know how to do that yet. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, that you should still be like, mm-hmm. oh, the beach. Let's go make... Some, let's go find something, yeah. something cool. Yeah, I mean, that's part a of a dead thing. Yeah, that's part of the inherent tragedy of animals, isn't it? It's like the way these kids become adults so mm-hmm. quickly. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's it, it's a commentary on war is hell and what war does to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The kind of things you have to do or the kind of things that you feel you have to do. The kinds of things you become. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, I know enough about what happens in future books to be like, God, okay. I'm like, I'm not ready. So the fact that we have these moments of sweetness as well, it was like much needed, I guess, mm-hmm. is, is what it boils down to. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and we talk about, and it's great, we have this great little moment of reflection here that I, I really liked, which is Cassie talking about why the ocean scares her mm-hmm. and how, like, this is a little bit leaning into Cassie's sort of hippie vibes, which is yeah. fine, um, about being a farm girl um, and how the farm has been in her family since the Civil War. And you you know about this. And Jake's just like, I was at Thanksgiving. And I'm just like, Jake goes to Thanksgiving dinner at Cassie's house? That's, uh-huh. that's, that's, that's so cute. <laughs> um, <laughs> even if it was just that one year, but talking about like... Uh, Cassie's ancient relatives about your uh-huh. great grandmother gave the entire history going all the way back to when dinosaurs ruled the earth and it's just like it's very cute it's very <laughs> cute and good and then but Jake immediately game face back on he looked serious again almost hard it's your call Cassie it'll be really dangerous and we probably won't do much good I mean it's a big ocean out there but it's your decision and she makes the choice she thinks the dreams are real that there's an andalite out there that's trapped and calling for help mm-hmm and then Jake's like, good enough. Now how do we do it? Mm-hmm. And they were just like, hmm, Kit. fish. Something fast, something prey. Dolphins. Dolphins. <laughs> yep. And this is, uh, they, they have some there's other dolphins at, at There's dolphins we can go touch. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we have this moment, and we get more of this later, where Kate's like, can we morph dolphins? And, she, and I think Jake's like, yeah, well, why not? And it's just like, it feels kind of wrong because they're highly intelligent. And Jake's mm-hmm. just like, again, well, you decide. I have to go. I can't blow a test. And he fucks off. And then we have this really super cute exchange where she's yeah. just like, you're just saying that to get out of shoveling manure. And he's just like, Cassie, I would rather shovel manure with you than do homework without you any day. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I think it was a compliment, sort of. She's just like, girl, he loves you. <laughs> it's a 13-year-old boy doing his best to get across that he'd do anything with his crush. Yep. My heart. Yep. Yep. Oh, it's good. It's oh, very romance. Good. Oh, young them. love. And then we get to something that I hate. <laughs> so. My note on this is just I hate yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, we have this moment, though. There's Before we get to the bit that Izzy hates, uh, <laughs> they head to the, the gardens where we know oh, yeah. Cassie's mum works. Mm-hmm. And she mentions how she's got a pass to get in. And the others have to pay, which is kind of a drag. And we have this observation about Marco never having any money. Mm-hmm. Um, since his mum died, his dad's been kind of messed up and he takes temporary jobs and they're always broken. Like, oh, hello, here are my feelings about class and income divide. Mm-hmm. Yay. They're never far Wee. away. <laughs> Wee. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I would like to get off of Mr. Bones Wild yeah. Ride. But we have this moment and, again, we have this powerful insight from Cassie. Well, first we have this great moment where she's like, I kind of think it's romantic the way Marco's dad has never gotten over his wife dying. On the other hand, like, people die and you have to get over it. Just like, oh, that feels foreshadowing. Mm. <laughs> um, and I think some of that comes from, like, Cassie being around animals that have died yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, like, she's aware of death, I think, in a way that all the other ones aren't. Yeah, because mm-hmm. she's had to see Except it. Except maybe Marco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
we have that we have the observation from Cassie about it's tough for Mark because he feels like he has to take care of his dad instead of his dad taking care of him. And then like she has Marco's like staring out the window and she's just like, "Hey, new haircut looks good." And he's just like, "Yeah." And this is so sweet because mm-hmm. he looks surprised. He ran his fingers back through his long brown hair and kind of smiled. And that's it. That's yeah. the extent of the interaction. But Cassie just knew to do it. Mm-hmm. And that, again, that emotional awareness she has, uh, it's compassion and it's empathy. Because, yeah. like, Jake has empathy and can be compassionate, but mm-hmm. not necessarily at the same time. <laughs> like, because I think he's willing to put the stuff away because he knows he yes. needs to. And we talked about with Tobias how Tobias has so much empathy. Or, argue, or maybe even the flip side, uh, we'll talk more about autistic Tobias forever and always, hmm. or can, has mm-hmm. so much compassion, at least in this specific area. But Cassie has both. Mm-hmm. And those guide her most of the time. Mm-hmm. So, and because she doesn't make a big deal of it. And it's the way, the same way that Marco uses humor. Cassie just has these quiet little moments with people, yes. like making the joke about sandwiches. Uh, with Tobias, these quiet little interactions with Jake. We don't really see too much of her and Rachel, except we have a couple of little quiet moments, but I kind of almost like that's the undercurrent of best friends mm-hmm. knowing each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. But sh- she is so grounded in her interactions and knows how to make small moments count. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very good. It is mm-hmm. super good. But uh, they get into the park, there's a deal on a ticket, so Marco only only costs him a dollar and uh, we have this fun observation about how roller coasters don't seem as appealing when you can like dive out of the sky as a bird <laughs> which um, is which mm-hmm. i just thought is a really interesting parallel to tobias thinking about the roller coasters last book and like mm. feeling somewhat uh happier because he's like i can still go to the roller coaster <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we have this fun little bit of observation about what it's like now they have the perspective changing into animals um, Marco talks about wanting to get buff and then being a grill and just like I can just do that um, <laughs> The Jake talks about being the bird and then Rachel does the flip side of it she mm-hmm. talks about um, liking her gymnastics more since mm-hmm. having been a cat mm-hmm. we have this great moment where she talks about trying to remember the confidence of being a cat and then Cassie's like, and then you fall off, like always. And Rachel's like, yeah, always. But I feel confident when I'm falling off. Um, it's, just, just it's a very good cute. moment. It's lovely. It mm. really is. Um, and then we uh, have the moment of them getting to the tank where the mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty quiet because it's a school day. Dolphin pops up um, just with his wise guy expression. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's just after Marco asks the difference between porpoises and dolphins, both yeah. just fish, and then a dolphin just psh, water out. And Cassie's like, that's a dolphin. <laughs> and Marco's like, just like, oh no, that's pretty fucking cool. I'm not even mad. <laughs> uh, all of the dolphins are named after friends. And I hate it. it. I hate it so it, much. I hate it it's, so much. It's one of the real things that date yeah. the books. Yeah. This 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 super dates this book in a way that I'm like, oh. Uh. Yeah. Never mind the fact that Cassie, just a few paragraphs further up, was like, I was listening to my Walkman. <laughs> that doesn't bother me. People still do that. No. Okay. So. 
there is, Tell us how you feel. Is, <laughs> no, there is. So I work in um, the dental industry. Um, there's a lot of old people who work in this industry. And one of the one of the guys I work with that he's like maybe in his fifties mm-hmm. uses a Walkman in 2020. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, one. I appreciate your dedication to a piece of technology that definitely still works and probably works better than some of the shit we have now. But two, it is 2020. How did you find one that still works? <laughs> it's been so long. Probably you just kept it this whole time. Honestly, I'm like, I, I noticed it. Like, I've only seen it once because I don't work in the same room that he does. But like, I saw it and I was like, that's a fucking Walkman. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like i don't think walkmans date that much with like our obsession with uh uh like retro technology like that mm-hmm. um which is why i didn't point it out because <laughs> it's just like oh walkman yeah that's uh, that's fine but then the friends and it's like oh, i hate this yeah like a group of i can understand like the indian was like yeah friends is popular they have people come to see the dolphins <laughs> as a group of six of them but also yes um <laughs> But we have some talk about between the dolphin trainer who's just like, oh, yeah, you can feed them. Um, <laughs> it's fine. They just want to eat. Um, just this is don't not a thing that would happen. Don't let, don't let Joey have it all. Um, <laughs> and, Having uh, been, mm-hmm. I, used, I used to go to, so I'm from Florida originally, and I used to go to, uh, like, my family uh, had, like, season passes to Bush Gardens and SeaWorld. They don't let you feed the dolphins unless if you pay like super extra money <laughs> yeah i think this is just where it comes in that this person knows cassie and probably has known cassie her entire life yeah um, because her mom works here uh yeah so oh uh don't go to sea world <laughs> yeah no um, um don't go to sea world we have some fun observations here about how marco comments about how they're always grinning uh how they always think it's funny mm-hmm. and jake points out how about they make eye contact uh, in a way that mm-hmm. other animals don't. When an, when a dolphin looks at you, it feels like it's actually looking at you. Like maybe they recognize mm-hmm. you. And they interact with the dolphins a little. And here's where we start getting some philosophizing about mm-hmm. what it means to turn into something that smart. Yeah. And whether it's like being what the Yerks do. And they have this back and forth about, well, Rachel's like, yeah, but they take over people. They don't morph. Mm-hmm. And then Cassie's just like, yeah, no, but we... We recreate the DNA and then we control the new animal. And Rachel's like, ugh. And having not thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. And Cassie's just like, I was, need to think about it. Yeah. And it was interesting to me because when I was a kid, I knew dolphins and elephants were like equally intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know not everybody knew that, but like I knew that as a kid. And that's something that I feel like Cassie would know. So it's interesting to me that she makes this comment about the dolphins but not about the elephant morph that Rachel has. Mm -hmm. That could be part of why Rachel doesn't feel that there's anything wrong with this is that she has been the elephant. Mm -hmm. Um, And just remembering the line, I think you can stop me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, she's, she's been the elephant and like been in a a head, so to speak, that Mm -hmm. thinks in a similar way. Um, uh, Rachel probably doesn't know how intelligent elephants are just as a rule, and so probably didn't think about it, but um, 
probably the yeah. thought like how different can they be from this that was also like mm-hmm. new things and didn't really care yeah yeah in i wonder the same if it, way i wonder if it's also because like that disconnect of something that's so much bigger whereas because an elephant mm-hmm. obviously is so large and like if you haven't interacted with one you might not know just how playful they can be like i've i love elephants elephants are fucking amazing um whereas a dolphin because of the nature of the the interaction they're having with them in this moment yeah and also it's closer in scale even though it's like um a sea-based creature rather than a land-based creature um i think maybe it's easy to see your own behaviors Mm -hmm. whereas an elephant is like a quadruped and it's so much bigger and it's mm-hmm. sort of like maybe harder to make that connect. But I mean, after seeing like elephants like brush their teeth and shit, I'm just like, elephants are the best. They really are. <laughs> they remember things. They will look after other animals. Yeah. Elephants they are fucking dope. like people and places in ways that like mm-hmm. are super fascinating. Mm-hmm. And dolphins are assholes. <laughs> Dolphins are. are assholes, which is possibly a sign of their intelligence because they <laughs> like to be dicks. <laughs> But this was the 90s. Everyone was very pro dolphins. This was the years yes. of anti shark, anti shark, pro dolphin. Yep. yep. Um, <laughs> but yes, so where they have this philosophizing and um, that night, uh, night, that night, Cassie dreams about the voice and how it's getting and notices that it's getting fainter, like a radio with the batteries growing weak, or whether it was just. And she wonders if it's just a memory of the dream or the dream of a memory. Mm-hmm. And then she dreams about uh, the dolphin in her tank at the park. And Cassie sort of philosophizes some more. And then we have uh, the kids getting ready to go to the beach. Just coded messages on the phone. Uh, because this is what they do. And I, we have that mention that it's Marco that's the one who's very security conscious. Just mm-hmm. like, uh, uh-huh. uh, but aware, they said, He's aware of the surveillance state. He 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 knows. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, they arrange meeting and the kids all meet up uh, uh, at a river nearby that feeds into the ocean um, rather than at the beach where there'd be more people um, and I love how she gets everyone's there Cassie greets everybody and spots Tobias and asks him how he's doing mm-hmm. like makes that effort and I love he cracks it's the hawkeep mouse world out there <laughs> and she like observes that it makes her happy that Tobias is learning to be at peace with mm-hmm. that. And we hear about him being the timekeeper and how he's got a little timer strapped to his leg that Rachel gave him. It's just like, yes, good. Hogwatch. Hogwatch. <laughs> and how it's gonna be okay for the doers as they'll be over the sea, so less bird watchers. Mm-hmm. So and we have this moment where Cassie's just like, everyone's decided I'm the best morpher. I think it's mostly silly. We can all morph. I just like, kid, no, you, you're great at this. It's fine. <laughs> well, it's it's also interesting because uh, I noticed like Cassie doesn't describe her morphs the same way everybody else describes the way that she morphs. Mm-hmm. Like she she still thinks that it's like weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and she she describes like morphing into the dolphin that way. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure from everybody else's perspective, like, yeah, it's fucking weird, but for some reason it's still, like, more graceful than what they could do. Yeah. Like how she makes her legs go at the last minute. 
Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. the last thing she holds up. I do appreciate that everyone's just like, that's a bad look, Cassie, as the bottle nose just sort of <laughs> extends from the front of her face. Yeah. <laughs> How are they going to make this TV show work, uh, this movie work? This is really bad. This makes me feel bad. <laughs> Body horror. This is hey. not, this is gross. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be better than the last thing we got. <laughs> Mm. I don't have hope. Mm. Uh, I mean, anyway. the CGI has gotten a little better. The thing is, like, animorphs, and that's what I appreciate. Rather than, like, a lot of shape-shifting stuff, it can be very elegant, or they sort of go to liquid-looking and then into a new form. They make it mm-hmm. sound ugly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's good. It feels like this shouldn't be a thing that is elegant or beautiful, even if Cassie is better at it. Like, your DNA is rewriting itself. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yep. one of those things that I really appreciate uh, in, like, uh, stories with lycanthropy about mm-hmm. um, when shape-shifting is discovered. I mean, some, it doesn't have to be painful to be interesting to me, but when they go into that level of detail mm-hmm. um, about it. I have a char- an original character of mine who I've done very little with in a while who is um, a limited shape-shifter. Um, mm-hmm. They can do mm-hmm. people. And that's mm-hmm. it. But one of the things I have with them is they have finite weight to work with mm-hmm. and they literally like reshape bones in mm-hmm. their face and they talk about it hurting mm-hmm. and how they can only get so big because the and like and they can only go so small and how their bones get thinner when they're trying to be taller and stuff mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. because i didn't want to do hand wavy bullshit i'm just like nah this is going to be fun and upsetting because it's an Umbrella Academy <laughs> OC and their powers look uh, like they suck course. most of the time of course <laughs> so but enough about that. (laughs) (laughs) Shapeshifters are interesting, and shapeshifters are also a trans mood. Trans Mm -hmm. mood. Um, She morphs into the dolphin, um, and she is uh, apprehensive uh, in doing so because she's not sure what the dolphin brain would be like. Um, And she, she keeps waiting for the dolphin brain to come up because every time that she's morphed like the horse or the squirrel or anything like that, there's been this other brain that kind of suddenly takes hold. Um, and in this morph, that's not, uh, the case. Um, she doesn't find a true thinking conscious mind, uh, inside of hers. And she's very relieved about that. Um, and she gets the feeling that the dolphin just wants to play. It wants to chase fish, catch them, eat them, but it's a game. It wants to race across the surface of the sea, and that would be a game too. Um, and like Tobias checks in, like, hey, you, you doing all right? And she's like, yeah, I'm just happy. I want you to come play. And Tobias is like, no, uh, <laughs> no thanks. I'm okay up here. <laughs> I fucking love her so much. She's just like, mm, no, I won't do that. But thanks. Um, they're, they're just all like, this is a game. This is fun. They're just being like a pod of dolphins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Danielle made this great comment in the doc about how the most dangerous morphs are the ones that aren't immediately overpowered by fear mm-hmm. or hunger. And I love the implicit horror in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, because also when, consider when... this my tacit permission for you to fuck with us more with morphs, Danielle. <laughs> I, I don't know if Danielle needs permission for that. 
Yeah, but what this is, is this means Danielle could play it back to me later when I'm like, why did you do this? And they can be just like, Jade, I would like to present this evidence where you uh-huh. specifically said to uh-huh. Listen, <laughs> everyone I- else is just going to be like, Jade, why? I enable my friends. Very smart and didn't morph ants at one time, so. (laughs) And you wouldn't let them have a starfish. (laughs) Listen, starfish aren't dangerous because of their brain. (laughs) No, I know. I know. I know. (laughs) I I, I learned uh, because I didn't know that, and I learned. (laughs) (laughs) Hear that book. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. (laughs) Weird. Um, but yeah, so we have them sort of in like play mode and they're having a great time and Cassie yeah. is loving it and they're talking talks about the playing the games and they're all having a great time. They're all having a great time. They're talking to together. one another. Yeah, they're talking to like, one another as they do it. And it's very cute and good. And yeah. talk about how life is joy. Mm-hmm. And life is I wanted to dance, I wanted to dance through the sea, so I did. And there's this moment, they're just having this great time. And then Tobias is just like, you guys going to do this all day? This is like, you've been doing this 45 minutes. And he's just like, uh, guys, I think the dolphin mines, you think the dolphin mine hasn't affected you, but uh, it has. You need to get a grip. <laughs> you have a reason for being here. Just like trying to reason with Cassie. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, yeah, what reason? Um, that we're trying to find something. She's like, oh yeah, find something. Game. <gasps> what if it's a game? And it's another instance of their kids using the mm-hmm. animal mind sort of against itself almost or utilizing the animal instincts to get their goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The really, really but- interesting thing with this part though is like it's not framed exactly the same way. No, it's not. Yeah. You're right. It's it's framed a little bit. It's it's like the the their brains overlap in not seamless, but such a such an interestingly almost seamless way that like Cassie's not consciously trying to flip it, but is considering can this be a game? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I so can't like trying to yeah, trying to resolve rather than being one person controlling another animal's cre- instincts. It's more like melding the two. Like yes. how can yeah. I work within this? It's like oh yeah, we're supposed to be doing something. Is it a game? Mm-hmm. <gasps> Let's make it a game. <laughs> Can I just say how much I love old hawk Tobias? Like, good grief. Again, you're like a bunch of five-year-olds. Just like, yes, 13-year-old Tobias. Just being like, you're all babies. I hate this. <laughs> just the biggest mood. Just like, oh, guys, can we, can we not? Please. Uh, and then Cassie sort of uh, echolocates for the first time. Yeah. Just, hey, can y'all do this? Click, 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 click. <laughs> Which is always as good as the squirrel moment. It's just like, is that a nut? Yes, it is. Just like, click, click, click. Oh, fuck, yes. I can do a thing. Can you do a thing? It's it's very good. It is. And then it's like immediately, oh, there's sharks. Oh, no. I just, I love the description. I searched my dolphin mind deep down in the places where instinct had been hidden beneath layers of intelligence. Then a picture just popped into my consciousness. I know, I cried as if I had just won a contest. It's a shark. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> oh, wait, it's a shark. <laughs> I don't know about anyone else, but that moment I definitely had just like the sting from the Jaws thing just go dun, dun, in my head, just like reading that. <laughs> And I, I I love this. We get to the just like and Tobias once again. You know, I hate to sound like the only sensible person, so to speak, but you aren't here to fight sharks. <laughs> and then, but it turns down to just like, 
Uh, and they're just like, yeah, no, okay, fine. But then they realize that it's a bunch of sharks and that they're attacking uh, what Cassie calls a great one. And she's just like, what the fuck did I mean by just like a whale? Mm-hmm. That's such a good interpretation of like the world of these animals that like mm-hmm. the animals have something that comes to mind immediately that mm-hmm. everyone else is like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so good. Mm-hmm. I have this mind. And yeah. And I, I love, love how this, upset they all are. Yeah. like Marco, and I think it's noteworthy that it's Marco here being like, uh, being attacked. And then Rachel's just like, you guys do what you want. I'm going in. And Tobias is just like, oh, there's a big surprise. Tobias said with weary affection. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, where did I write this? Uh, humpback wife. Oh, uh, well, no, wait a minute. Tobias, certified wife hawk. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. I I love them. I love them so much. Uh, But Tobias is just like, okay, fine. Uh, And goes and scouts ahead. Um, Is like, whoa, that's a big whale. (laughs) It's a very Uh, big whale. Did I mention mention it's big? It's very big. (laughs) Big. (laughs) I mean, whales are obviously fucking huge. And Mm -hmm. he's a hawk in that moment. But also like compared to a hawk as well. Just like, that's that's fucking big fish. (laughs) Um... (laughs) But I really appreciate we have this moment of um, the kids engaging with this fight and Cassie describes plowing into a shark like hitting a brick, brick, a brick wall. Mm-hmm. My beak was strong, but the shark was made of steel or something. It's just like, because mm-hmm. sharks are very fucking cool. And we get a cool bit later about sharks that I really mm-hmm. like, which sort of makes up for the whole dolphins and sharks are mortal enemies. Yeah. Um, and the- which is what this is. This is- mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the whale is trying to surface, uh, but the sharks were sort of attacking, uh, and it just pisses Cassie and the others off. Um, and it's real the, again. The action scenes always really are very because they're obviously done from one perspective by the nature of these books. Mm-hmm. But I never feel like I'm losing out on anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just gives them an immediacy. Yep. Yeah, and Cassie has this realization that they could be killed. Mm-hmm. And has this sort of quiet moment, and how the border is dark with blood, and then um, and a nice nod to taxons as well, which mm-hmm. uh, just like the sharks go after the injured one, mm-hmm. and uh, proceed to tear apart their uh, injured colleague. I shouldn't call them colleagues. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I really like, like the line that was, "But now I was in a war," and it's like yeah. that's mm-hmm. that sure is a line for you to think as a dolphin, yeah, fighting mm-hmm. yeah. not. Oh, things like that a, threaten the entire world. Yep. Yeah, or a childlike mind realizing it's in a war. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, the last shark turned from the battle and went after them. Robbed of his meal of whale meat, he would feast on his brother instead. You, Cassie, you are poetic about some things. Um, <laughs> it's it's interesting just, what she chooses to be poetic about. Also, yeah, um, I this is a very good scene, and I hate it because it's wrong. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Not too much about animals to be happy about this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we have that moment, the guys sort of check in with each other and they try to see Marco and he realize and he's like, I I think I'm hurt and how he's drifting in the water. And the fact that Cassie's like, I saw the wound, I think I would have screamed if I could had given we know that Cassie is used to being around injured animals. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but his tail had almost been bitten off. It was hanging by a few jagged threads. It was useless. We were miles out in the ocean and Marco could not hope to swim back. And AKA this is... the bit that everybody seems to remember from book four. <laughs> yeah. This is Welcome. where I realized that they haven't used the morphing power to heal yet before. Like, I thought that they knew that already, but they don't. Oh. Like, they straight up all <laughs> think that Marco's gonna fucking die. I, it's uh, my note in the doc is like, hey, remember how like book uh, book one had someone get eaten in it? Welcome to go hard or go home to electric boogaloo, <laughs> and it just keeps coming and it don't stop it coming. <laughs> coming, yeah, yep. <laughs> just on repeat for ten hours. Yep. and they are freaking, and the kids are freaking out as right. you would, I think, rightly so. This is a bunch of children in the middle of the ocean. One of them is bleeding out. Yeah. And that's yeah. horrifying. And Tobias is like somebody, Marco sounds hurt, and Jake's just like, yeah, he is. And we yeah. have this and moment, Marco, again, this fucking humor, they're not funny immediately. Oh, man, I don't want to die as some fish, Marco cried. And I don't want to die out here. My mum drowned. I'm going to die just like she did, my dad. And then Cassie immediately just like, morph. You've got to morph. But it's like, what a fucking horrible, distressing thing for a thirteen-year-old. Yep, just it's distressing for me. Well, yes, <laughs> also that. But that moment of like, I'm gonna die. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm gonna die like my mum died. Oh, I'm gonna be leaving my dad on my own. Mm-hmm. The fact that that's his thought progression mm-hmm. is like crushing. Yeah. Um, it is, but and, but, and then we have Cassie just like, okay, reset your DNA. That and there's, they know what they know, and they're suggesting it. How and this is her theory. She is purely theorizing at this point. Yep. And Rachel's just like, what if you're wrong? And Jake is the one that cuts and just like, there's no other choice. And uh, we have this Marco. You have like to move back to human. We'll she's... keep you from drowning. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like if 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 they're wrong, like he still dies. Like he's gonna. Like, if they're wrong, he dies either way. This is at least like, oh, it's a theory, yeah. maybe it'll work. Clinging mm-hmm. to that little bit of hope. Mm-hmm. Yep. A theme. <laughs> and I love this quiet little moment, and as I said, I've, my love for Marco, but we have this quiet moment where he's just like having to admit to Jake, just like, you know I don't swim, or you know I can't swim, and Jake's just like, I know Marco, but we'll take care of you. It's like, <laughs> babies, <laughs> babies. And then Marco's like, yeah, okay, I might as well die in my own body. Um, maybe it won't hurt as much. And he's like passing out, understandably, mm-hmm. and they're just like, right, no, you need to morph. And he's able to, he does morph back. Um, and he's just like, yes, I did it. And now I'm drowning. <laughs> just like, kiddo. Um, and we have this beautiful moment, like Cassie's there to support him, and then the whale surfaces, mm-hmm. or he d- has dived beneath them and is raising up to the mm-hmm. surface. And then psychic whales. 